Hey there, Home Slice. You're listening to the Do the Brave Thing online business podcast, where it is our soul and soul's mission to eradicate this idea that nice people finish last in business and to put money in the hands of good people so they can do good with it. And hey, you're listening, so that makes you a good, nice person. And I want to make sure that you can get your products and services, whether they're just an idea in your head or something you are currently selling out to the massive in a way where they just want to throw their credit cards at you all of the time and actually thank you for taking their money. This podcast is gonna give you dangerously actionable tips to do just that, but we're also gonna work on your mindset because yeah, sure, you can use contractions in your emails to sound less robotic, but if you can't find the time to write something or keep on second guessing yourself and never hit send, well, it doesn't much matter anyways. You're also gonna hear inspiring stories from other online business owners who dared to do the brave thing because when you default to doing the brave thing, you are going to see massive growth in your business. Now let's get to it. What is up, my Do the Brave Thing Home Slices? Kate Donster here, and I am super excited to be in your ear holes today. Honestly, like, let's just be real. I'm excited to be in your ear holes every single day. And today we have one of our first guest interviews on the Do the Brave Thing podcast. And like I mentioned in the intro, you're not only going to be able to get practical advice on the expertise of the people that we're interviewing, which today we are talking about Pinterest because Honestly, even though the game has changed with Pinterest, if you know how to play it, it's going to work. Because the truth is, is that Pinterest has been trying a lot of things and they realize, wow, we screwed over our user base. Not the bloggers and content creators that are trying to use it to get traffic, but like actual people and how they use Pinterest. Pinterest tried to be something it wasn't and they've actually rectified that. So it's actually a platform that if you're like, hot dumpster fire last year. Definitely one that if you are constantly creating contact and you were looking for one of those slow burn strategies, it's one that I highly recommend that you decide to revisit. So on this interview, we are talking to the one and only Kay All. She's head of Simple Pin Media and the Simple Pin Podcast. There are show notes to that down below. Literally all they do is they have paying clients and they get those paying clients results from Pinterest every single day. So all the information that you're going to hear about is the most up-to-date as of the time of this recording, very early 2023. Now, what's so unique about this podcast is I asked Kate to not only go to us, like, you know, what's idea pins? Should people still be using group boards? Like our schedulers okay? Um, how often should you be pinning about the same blog post? How many pins should you create per piece of content? All that great stuff. She's going to answer for you in this episode, but Kate is going to get raw and real about an extremely challenging, challenging thing that she recently had to do in her business. And to be honest with you, you guys know, if you are longtime listeners, we ask people, you know, was there a time in your business where you just wanted to quit? That was one of our previous questions when we were inbox besties. But this one is, when did you step into doing a brave thing in your business? And Honestly, I can't believe that Kate was willing to get so vulnerable and share something that I don't think a lot of other online business owners would want to admit. And I just, I want to applaud her so much. So not only are you going to get amazing, amazing information about if you decide to use Pinterest as your slow burn strategy, like we've talked about in previous episodes, but what to do when things in your company aren't actually working and you need to be the real CEO and make very tough decisions that can affect a lot of people. Oh, and you're also going to find out that besides having the same first name, our background stories are really, really similar. But Kate will go ahead and fill you in on those. So let's get into the interview. Hey, hey, everybody. So I am so excited for our first interview of the year with one of my absolute favorite people on the internet. So it's not a coincidence at all. And it is about a big, hairy topic, especially if you consider yourself more of a blogger than a podcaster or a video creator. And that 
is Pinterest and Pinterest marketing. So we have Kate all here who is head of simple pin and simple pin media and has an amazing podcast. So if you are at all thinking of utilizing Pinterest in 2023 to get in front of more eyeballs, I mean, you need to be listening to the podcast. It's a must listen to for everyone. So we'll make sure to drop a link down below here. So before we go ahead and get started, would you like to reintroduce yourself to our audience? Cause you have been on the show before when it was the other name. I know. And actually it was like 2019. Right. So, I mean, like the world's changed like a hundred times over. Um, Mm -hmm. so I have an agency, simple pin media. We've been doing Pinterest marketing for nine years, which is really crazy. So we work with both clients and then we have educational products for people who want to do Pinterest on their own. So DIY and then done for you. And we're basically like Pinterest historians and investigative reporters, I guess, for Pinterest so that people can really know how to leverage it instead of like getting confused, using old tactics, whatever it is. Like we want to be your resource second to Pinterest for all the information you need to use it as an arm in your marketing. Excellent. So how often do you recommend, I'm sure you and your strategists do this all the time, but how often do you recommend people sit down and look at the strategies that they're using on Pinterest. So is this a platform that is constantly always changing and evolving? I feel kind of like Instagram one day, they're like videos one day. So like, Hey, we're MySpace." one day. Like, Oh no, we're like TikTok now. Like they can't like pick a lane. Yeah. Is Pinterest something that like you need to be looking at every couple of months? Is this like a monthly thing? What would you recommend? Yeah. One of the things that I love about Pinterest is it really doesn't change that often. Like the ecosystem of how it works with search has really stayed the same with the variation of like idea pins, which we'll talk about probably in a little bit. But other than that, it, I would say, check in on it with your analytics, like once a month, but ultimately you want to set your strategy in the beginning to say why you're using it. And we always bucket Pinterest with YouTube and Google. And we also put Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook over here. Like our favorite phrase is Instagram is the bar. Pinterest is the library. You see them very different. You use them very differently. Mm -hmm. So with that Pinterest, if it's going to serve your email list, if it's going to fuel sales, it's all cold users. So set your strategy to say for the next year, I'm going to pursue the goal of X, which it could be email list growth or conversions with your product sales. Right? So then I'm going to go into my tactics and say, I'm going to pin more, or I'm going to pin less. I'm going to try more video content, or I'm going to try that less, but I'm going to do that for two months at a time, or you can do a month too, and check in to see like what happened in that month. Here's a recent example from us. We basically said like, what would happen if we pin 20 pins a day? Our strategy is still the same of we want to use Pinterest to fuel our email list, but our tactics are variable. So our tactic was let's do 20 pins, no rhyme or reason, just fill up the queue and just throw them out there. What is going to happen? And what we saw actually was upward arrows on everything. We were like, oh, that's kind of crazy. Okay. Well then let's switch to doing just idea pins every business day of the week. Well, that was interesting because everything went down. And then we did a hybrid in the third month of let's make sure we have standard pins, idea pins, and this combination of a healthy balance and everything started to normalize again with these upward arrows. Now that might look different for a different niche, but I think what you need to do is allow your tactics to be variables, but allow your strategy to stay constant as to what your goal is for using the platform. I absolutely love this. So uh, just to go back and define a term in case if people aren't quite sure, what, what do you mean by a cold audience? 
Yeah. So people approach Pinterest with a question. They don't approach it looking for a brand. So if I go to Pinterest, I might search out best way to build a backyard sauna, but on Instagram, I might see the sauna builder. So I follow them. I choose to follow them to begin to warm up to who they are. I'm not ready to make a purchase yet, but I'm not approaching Pinterest looking for that brand. I'm looking for instructions. So that being said, I'm first approaching your brand with seeing, can you solve my problem? If you can't, then I'm out of here. I don't choose to follow you on Insta on Pinterest. I choose to search for you. So that's what I mean by cold and warm. Whereas on Instagram, like you and I were just talking a minute ago, and I love your stories about weightlifting and I'm warming up to who you are and getting to know Kate Doster. Whereas I might approach Pinterest and say how to grow my email list. And throughout a meandering way, I find you. And then I choose to look you up on Instagram. And then I choose to subscribe to your email list. So that's why we choose to put Pinterest in the bucket of warm. I don't know you. I don't really care about you, but do you solve my problem? Great. Let's go. Gosh. So I absolutely love that. And I think that again, for people, when they're coming to create the content that ultimately people are posting to now, I think it's kind of like, oh, maybe this is why somebody doesn't necessarily really care about behind the scenes of my launch. I mean, they might, if a lot of people are nosy, but that's really interesting. So again, when it comes down to like content creation and you have those different buckets, it's like, you've got that content for like your diehard fans, the people that are already going to know you, you have, again, the search type of topic. So would you say that Pinterest pairs well with like SEO. So like mm. if I decide to do search engine optimizations to find topics, I mean, obviously the look of the pin, the description, all that sort of stuff is going to affect it too. But would I be in the right ballpark for creating content later on that Pinterest would like? Yeah, 100%. So that's how we start with our business is we set the core at Google and we look at the keywords that we're targeting, create a podcast, create a blog post. And then the second step is Pinterest. Now we're using very similar keywords. They might be phrased a little bit different. So we go to the search bar on Pinterest or we use Pinterest trends, which you can find at trends.pinterest.com. And we mm -hmm. see if those keywords match up with what we're using on Google. And we put those on our image because Pinterest has image search. So they'll read the text on the images. So when we do that, we're, it's like a really easy sidestep. It's not like this extra creation for Instagram, but Google SEO or SEO and Pinterest hand in hand, use them in the same way because that's how search happens on Pinterest. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. Now to go back to another term, you did say that we would bring this up. What is an idea pin? Mm, okay. So we all saw the rise of TikTok, right? And there was this mm -hmm. short form video and people saying, people spending so much time on it that all the other companies looked around and said, like, how do I capture that? And Pinterest is unique because people go to the platform to leave the platform. That's the natural ecosystem of how it works. Well, Pinterest mm -hmm. said, if we want to appeal to advertisers, we need to have something that keeps people on the platform, but it is very unique to us. So originally it was called story pins, but that was too confusing when it came to Instagram stories. So then they merged it over and said, it has to be about an idea, like a micro content, like a one through step and how to make a cocktail or five steps to do a great squat or something like that. So 
they didn't link it. So this is a big thing. In the beginning, they were like, we are not going to add links out because obviously we want people to stay on the platform. They also added another layer called the watch tab. So if people look in their app, they'll see browse and watch at the top. Watch looks identical to TikTok or like the reels feed, right? So all the cool kids are doing it. Pinterest is like, let's do it. Well, what happened is that people on Pinterest, their number one complaint is my pin doesn't go anywhere. So that's where they would say, see a standard pin, they click on it. They're like, I can't get the link. So now you've added in this piece of frustration while good for business, not good for serving the pinner. So actually just last month, they said, we are actually going to remove what they had created was a creator rewards program to get creators to create idea pins. And they said, we're going to remove that, but we're going to give you a link. So now going forward into 2023, idea pins will now have links. And we see that as really Pinterest probably got a lot of complaints. Even my mom who uses Pinterest all the time, she's like, why yeah. can I not get to the information that I want? So yeah, on both sides, us as creators and as consumers, like if I'm looking at like the world's greatest macro-friendly chocolate chip recipe, like I, I just want to go there. Mm -hmm. You want what you want when you want it, especially on Pinterest, because people are so, they have like this insatiable appetite for information and for tools yeah, to help and them do so something. Used. Mm -hmm. They're so used to that click. Cause like, I'm like, oh, oh, on TikTok and on Instagram now, cause I hang out there a lot. The people that I follow that do like say recipes and things of that nature, because you're on those platforms, like, oh, I've got to go to their profile, but on Pinterest, you're right. We're not thinking, oh, I need to go to their profile to get to a link. We're mm -hmm. just like, but I want to go now. Yeah. Oh. And I think one of the interesting things that we've seen in their messaging to creators and to businesses that they obviously want to spend money on their platform is they're, I kind of think Pinterest has got it finally, where they're saying, oh, we're the platform that people don't doom scroll on. They're actually have intention. And we're also the app that people don't delete in a social media detox because they don't see it as social media. And so they're actually playing this up. And I am like, way to go for them because add your distinguisher. You're not an Instagram. You're not a TikTok. While TikTok and Pinterest have more in common with the like, oh, I learned it on TikTok. That's how Pinterest really rose to fame was, oh my gosh, such an aha moment. You should get on Pinterest. It has all these great hacks. So I think one of the things that Pinterest is starting to realize is their own uniqueness and how they play that up. Oh, I absolutely love that so much. So, and I think that kind of partly is into the next question when it comes to Pinterest. Now that they're, they're doing the brave thing, they've tried a lot of stuff. They have failed miserably at a lot of <laughs> things. I made everyone upset at all ends, but they tried it. So like I give them props. For, for trying stuff out and for realizing it and for actually listening to their user base and realizing it like, oh, cause again, like you're not, I mean, I know that Google does a lot of things besides Google ads, but like Google's not complaining about their ad revenue from Google ads that actually show up in search results. So even though people are going to Pinterest to either leave or dream, cause they like to, you know, collect mm -hmm. things, there's still a lot of opportunity for them to make money on ads as opposed to trying to make like a TikTok ad sort of a thing. Mm -hmm. So I love that. So because you work with a, actually, I have to ask you this before I work with like what niche works 
the best in Pinterest. And again, I do feel like it could probably work for everyone, but there are going to be some standouts where it's like, yo, if you talk about this, like you need to be on here. Mm -hmm. But when you had mentioned that the goal that you guys had with your experiments, which I love that you're running for those 20 pins a day was to grow your email list. Were those two landing pages? Were they to optimize blog posts? Was it a mix? I mean, if someone's going to Pinterest and they're like, Hey, like, I just want to sell my principles um, or boost my teachers paying teacher store. Like, how, mm-hmm. how, how did you figure out where to send people, especially if it's a cold audience? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say one of the number one places we sent people was to our blog post that was obviously attached to our podcast, but people really need to be warmed up. We've tested direct to landing page, but the landing page has to have a lot of copy that solves their problem and gets people to say yes. And that's just really hard to get a Pinterest user to say yes to things like that. So over and over for the last nine years, we've also seen, always seen go to blog post, have an offer in your blog post that most closely matches that. And that's how you grow your email list. So for us, one of the things that happens in the background for like five years is the our number one pin is how to clean up your Pinterest boards. It's still trending five years later. We have a checklist on there for that people can download. That is a really great background way. And I don't recommend people create all these different PDFs because I just think that's exhausting to have so many different opt-ins, but you want to get the one that most closely matches it and helps them solve that problem. So we tried landing page and it's hit or miss. We've tried them with ads to putting money behind it blog posts to email lists, they win like nine times out of 10. Yeah. So, and I know that this isn't about ads, but I know that everyone's going to be like, how dare you not ask this question? (laughs) So if you have a pin or a blog post that is doing exceptionally well on Pinterest, Mm -hmm. does it make sense to add gas to the fire and get, I don't even know who runs Pinterest, but give Pinterest some money to boost that more. Mm-hmm. Or is it like, oh man, I wish people actually liked this thing. Let me put some dollars behind it. Or is it a yes. mix? Because you guys also do paid promotions too. We do. Like Kate's team does everything y'all. Yeah, we do. We're in the weeds. In fact, um, so let me ask, answer that first before I go into that other thing. Yes, only if you know your conversion. So what we see people making a mistake okay. is, okay, this is getting impressions or saves or clicks. I'm going to put some money behind it. What is your click going towards? So is it, you know, you can directly drive an email conversion or sale. Great. That's awesome. Put your money behind it because then you can say, I'm going to spend $5 to make 10. You do that all day long. But the biggest mistake we see people make is that hunger for traffic, but you don't Mm -hmm. actually have anything to attach it to. And I would even say people who have ad revenue or affiliate revenue, if you have affiliate revenue and you have exactly what that link is, you can track it to the dollar. You know how much you're going to make every single time someone lands on that post. Sure. Go ahead and do it. But I don't think that putting dollars behind something is a way to give it lift. That's like just burning your money. Like don't do that. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you do want to get good at ads and getting lift, figure out conversion, figure out how to do them. They are very different than Facebook ads. And what we see is that they're actually easier than Facebook ads for a lot of people because it makes more Mm -hmm. sense. So if you want to learn it, we have the ad society. I know um, that's going this month too, but That's just a big thing you want to think about before you put any money behind it. But we do love Pinterest ads. We think they're native. They look all, you can't even tell they're an ad, 
That's the super cool part about that platform. Even I get caught up. I'm like, Ooh, this is a really cool pin. Oh, it's an ad. I didn't even notice because people are just looking at the mm. images. That's it. And Pinterest has gotten a lot better. I feel with populating ads for people. Cause like, I used to come with like random as toothbrushes. I'm like, what? This has literally nothing to do with anything else on my feed. But then yes. like all of a sudden yep. they realized, Hey, we should probably give them what they want. So they click on this. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they're also, we met with, we have a great opportunity to meet with people at Pinterest and we have met with people in the ads department and said, you guys are having a rough go. Like this is not working right now. Like, what are you guys going to do? Because if you want advertisers to spend money, these things are broken. These things aren't working. And we do, again, like I talked about their messaging, we do finally feel like more of their ads department is paying attention to say like, okay, we got to fix this. You're right. We've got to capture basically what companies are doing is saying, I'm not going to put money into meta anymore. I'm going to flood it somewhere else. They have a perfect opportunity to capture it. But the biggest problem is people don't understand the differences between the platform. So they take their money and go, let's spend it on Pinterest. And they're like, this isn't working. I'm done. It's like, it's totally different. You have to look at the different consumer. Somebody can say yes to a Facebook ad that knows you because you've warmed them up. And Pinterest, it's just completely different. Because even if it's a, with your Pinterest ad, you're targeting a warm traffic. So say somebody that maybe has been to your blog before or has been to your landing page, they might not realize when they're clicking on the promoted pins that it's yours, that it's as evident. I mean, I do believe like your name is over there, but like technically your pin can look like everybody else. Whereas ads, especially on Instagram that I've seen a lot lately, usually has the creator's face. And I'm willing yeah. to guess creator's faces don't do well on Pinterest. I mean, they could. Yeah. They, you know, we were having a really interesting discussion about this yesterday. So it's great. You bring it up. So I think two takeaway points from that top of funnel ads and bottom funnel ads work good on Pinterest middle funnel this on the struggle bus, right? Faces. Oh, can you define what both of those, all those terms mean? What's a, yes. an example of a top, a middle and a bottom? Totally. Let's say the cold person top level. I don't know you, but you're starting to solve my problem. I want to learn how to grow my email list. Kate Doster has an ad that says, is this your first time growing your email list? Or do you want to learn? Obviously my creative sucks in this moment, but you get the idea. And I say, <laughs> well, yes, I do. This is very interesting. I want to grow my email list. I don't quite yet care about Kate, but I definitely care about my email list. I'm going to say yes to this because you look like you're solving my problem. Whereas in middle you might be talking about like, here's what I do. I grow my, your email list, more information about you. And it just kind of hits like dead. Right. Cause I'm searching for a topic or I'm ready to say yes to a topic. Right. And then mm. you can do bottom of funnel when they're already warmed up and they're like, I have seen Kate around. I'm I've seen her answering this big question about how to grow your email list. Okay. I'm ready to say yes. And so that's where you drive that conversion. So yeah. I didn't know what funnels were for years. So I'm glad you asked that question for clarification. Cause for the longest time I was so confused by them. <laughs> Actually it took our friend, Monica froze in a long boxer message for her to explain them to me, but that's really the two differences, uh, right there. Okay. I absolutely, I love that so much. Again, y'all it's about doing the brave thing and not being afraid of being judged or embarrassed by asking a question, like ask a question because there was, again, no one is waking up one day and knowing what this is, then <laughs> like common knowledge and even common knowledge isn't so common until somebody tells yeah. you. Oh, it's so, the face. Thank you. Let me go on that. That's, I knew there was something else I was going to do with that. Okay. So faces. So 
what we are seeing is that with the birth of idea pens, this face-to-face -face thing is working and voice is working. Now, before this has been a speed bump, pinners have not been warm to it, but now because of the whole culture with like TikTok, other things, they're getting warm to it. Here's the key. It has to be about the product or the feature or what you are talking to them about. This is not about your day. This is not like your weightlifting stuff probably wouldn't do well on there because mm -hmm. people have been following along. Right. But if you did something about how to do a certain type of squat, I'm now more interested because you're answering my question, how to do a sumo squat. Right. And those are the main differences. You can absolutely use your face. You can absolutely talk or do a voiceover. I think people just get caught up in like, they start acting like it's Instagram and it's like, I, I don't know your business and I don't want to know your business. Just tell me how to get to this. So actually we are seeing them do well, which that kind of blew me out of the water. When we looked at the data, it was like, what people on Pinterest have been real hands up to this. Not anymore. So an ad with now, your is face. That's just for the, the idea pins that like show up at the top or like actual ones are like static images or like normal video pins or both. Yeah. So here's a weird gap that I think in 2023, we'll kind of like figure out, um, they're no longer, they used to have bubbles at the top for idea pins in the app. They don't have mm -hmm. that anymore. They're all idea pens are just folded into the feed as like different um, mediums. So yeah. what we have is like, if you want to do a video pin, we probably wouldn't uh, don't upload a video pin now put it into an idea pin and you can do up to a minute in each slide. So let's say you have a 45 second video. You can just do one slide. It shows up as a video, right? But it's still an idea pin. So you mm -hmm. can leverage those different mediums and how the algorithm works is that it will show people more of the format they're engaging with. So if you start oh. engaging a ton with idea pins, that's going to show up as opposed to a standard pin. That's probably why your mom got so upset. Where's the link to go? Because if she was used to a video of somebody like say baking something, and then she went to click on it to go to the description, to go to the link. Mm -hmm. That's why she was getting so upset because the video pins, especially we look a lot like idea pins. A hundred percent. You almost can't tell. I, I'm a little bit conflicted about whether or not I would still like the bubbles at the top, but because Pinterest isn't time-based, it actually didn't matter right? Because people were searching for something. If you had something that was six months old, it was still relevant to me. I don't care about the time. All right. So, and I realized I probably should have asked this question before, but I feel like there's just so much general marketing strategy you can get from this whole conversation. that just doesn't apply to Pinterest. It can apply to anything. Again, do things that are native to the platform. If you're going to test stuff out, you can't go whole hog for five days and then give up. You've got to give it those 30 days or 60 days. You have to have a way. If you're going to be testing out methods, y'all, you have to have a way to figure out like, how do I know if this actually works without necessarily going with gut instincts? So make sure yeah. you have your trackers and all that stuff. Make sure that you can see the conversions and all of that. So because you work with a wide variety of people, and I know that you guys know like inside strategies and stuff, what industries do you feel work like? absolute gangbusters on Pinterest. Mm. I'm not saying that everyone can't get over there, but what ones, if you're like, if you talk about these five things, like you need to be over there, y'all. 
Yeah. Number one is food. Number two is home decor, anything DIY, whether it's in the food or home decor space, anything with beauty, anything with fashion. Those are the top five that are going to really reign supreme. But Pinterest does this thing called Pinterest predicts. They release it at the end of December every year. You can go look at that. It's a 2023 Pinterest predictions, and that will give you the categories that they see are going to trend this year. So if you're looking for keywords, if you're looking for topics, these are the things that we see Pinterest prioritizing go after them. And then every year at the end of the year, they're like, see our predictions paid off. And I'm like, see, you control the algorithm. Of course they paid off. You're like, come on. So <laughs> what did they say? I know shocker, everyone recording this a little bit early, uh, now in 2023, but have they actually come out with their predictions report for 2023 yet? They or is that have. something that will come out a little later? Yep. They so have. what are they, they predicting? Is it those five categories? Yeah, it's really, it falls in those categories, right? So it, you'll see fashion, you'll see beauty, you'll see food, you'll see DIY, you'll see home decor. There are these like sub ones that come in underneath there. And one of the best things you can do to see is your topic being talked about is search your name or search the topic on Pinterest. Are people already saving it? Because that's honestly the greatest indicator. Even if you're not in those top five, you can still get good conversions. Like Pinterest marketing isn't in the top five over there, not even close, right? But I can go there and I can see that people are still asking questions, how to get started with Pinterest marketing or basic things like how to upload video to Pinterest. So if you look at some of those topics, it might work for you. The ones that don't work, Local businesses, obviously they don't work because you, um, mm -hmm. I had a friend come to me, he has a food cart pod and he was like, Hey, do you think we could advertise for the food cart pod? No, you can't because people aren't like they operate on Yelp or Instagram where they're like in the moment, I want to go to a food cart pod here in Portland. Let me look it up. No, they're on Pinterest six months before they're deciding to travel to Portland and the food cart pod isn't really on their mind, but they might find a blog post that talks about your food cart pod. And that's like your background way of being on Pinterest, but for you to invest over there in it, it doesn't make sense. Now I will say though, things that fall outside of that would be like wineries. They are local, but people put them on their to see list, right? If you think of like Napa or it, you know, I'm in Oregon, yeah. obviously Oregon, Washington, they're going to put destinations of wineries or things like that on their list. So I absolutely think businesses like that should use it. You just have to think through, am I in people's journeys six months before they make a decision? And sometimes that is more important than niche because then that shows the intent to search out and find it. But if you're an in the moment, instant, like a massage therapist, esthetician, you can't, you're not really, Pinterest isn't going to be advantageous for you. Gotcha. So I appreciate that honesty because I think most people are like, oh, everything can work for someone <laughs> if they will. It's how, how effective as it can be. And so I know that we've been chatting for a little while, but I want to ask a couple more questions. And then we're going to ask you about a brave thing that you have done, whether it has been tiny or small, because we're all about doing the brave thing here, because that is the way that we can propel our results in everything, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to Pinterest, we've decided that we need to give them a little bit of time to sort of test out our strategy. I know that I am someone that when simple pins, not doing my stuff that like, I just don't pay attention to it. So some of the strategies that I could be using could be ancient and awful and working against me. Things like do this will be rapid fire. Do okay. group boards still work? Are they yeah. a thing? 
No. There are things so that should I just work. not be on any of them? Yeah. I mean, I need to say this caveat because there's always somebody who's listening who's like, they work for me. Only if you know the people who own the group board, there's very few contributors and the niche aligns with your topic that you talk about. But all these other ones that are peripheral, just get rid of them. Gotcha. Get rid of those. Uh, does it care if we use a scheduler like Tailwind or something else? Nope. Do they hate it when we do 20 pins for like five days and then we don't do anything for months? Would it have been better if we had just done five, 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 and five? The latter, better to be consistent. And there is no gotcha moments on Pinterest too. So you can do the 20 and you can back <laughs> out, but really that's your disadvantage. Okay. So that's your disadvantage. Now, again, this is all old news from probably 2019 that I want to see, like, are these now common best practices as opposed to new hacks back in the dizzle last time you were on here, we talked about fresh content. Does fresh content matter? Can you define that actual term? You're laughing because no one's probably talked about it in 80 years. Uh, I believe we were talking about fresh content as in pins, but mm. it's like, if it was an old blog post, do they just care if it's a new pin? So does fresh content still matter? Oh, it's still circulating. So technically it's not all, I still hear about it all the time. So Pinterest used the <laughs> term because what they're saying is they just want new stuff to come onto the platform. And there was an idea that if an is a fresh pin, a new image, yada, 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 go for the spirit of it all, create new content. So you don't want to create 17 million pins for an old piece of content from 2017. We have seen people do that and their traffic just goes, it's down. Don't do it. So they're looking for new stuff. If you can do at least two to three new stuff, new pieces of content a month that acts like fresh content, right? Or if you've never created an image, for a landing page, create that too. Mm -hmm. So that was all the buzz in that, our last podcast. It's not the buzz anymore. Oh, nobody cares about that necessarily anymore. I mean, I think they so, care, but you know. But they probably have best practice. All right, because you know, this is the next question that everyone is wondering. So I produce three blog posts a month. Mm -hmm. How many pins am I making for that blog post and how many places can I pin it? Yeah. Does it matter? It, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So I'm going to tell you, here's what I think you should do to optimize it, to get the most out of your content for Pinterest. We do two to three mm -hmm. images per blog post and we pin it to mm -hmm. every relevant board about a week to two weeks apart. And then we might pin it again after we go back and see how it did. Cause you can pin it again to that board. But there's a big chunk of time in between. Plus now you can use idea pins to fill in the gaps with that too. So we do at least one idea pin per blog post and then two to three images per blog post as well. Okay. So that makes a lot of sense. So we've got like, so image a is going to go out on Monday and then like the next Monday image a is going to go out again, or is it now yeah. it's image B that goes out mm -hmm. that following Monday? Ooh. Yeah, I know. This is where like, I, now we have a whiteboard, right? Like let's get into the whiteboard. Right. You can do this image. is why I just need to get into all of Kate's offering. So you can <laughs> see know. this mapped out. Right. I feel like Charlie day, like 
I know we were talking about it the other day when um, we're preparing for a workshop for TPT sellers and how to leverage Pinterest and stuff. And I was like, I know teachers really need a visual. So we got to nail these visuals that say like pin A goes on Monday, pin B goes on Thursday, pin C goes on next Tuesday. And then they kind of go out staggering through the scheduling tool. That's why we use the scheduling tool because after pin A, B and C hit the first one and then I schedule out to other boards, I don't even want to know where they go. So I'm not a type A person. You don't need to track every single pin. That's just hot crazy that I don't have time for. <laughs> gotcha. But what we don't want to see is back we'll just call it pin A going out to like say five of your relevant boards in a row. We want it to be spaced out. And yeah. Not just like Even when spamming. we did our like 20 pin a day experiment and we just threw everything on the wall, we still were very cognizant of the fact that we wanted somebody to go to our profile and not see the same pin 20 times a day. It was variety. It was great stuff. And you know what? It like worked. So try that. Fill up your, your queue without being so um, hard and fast ruled to the days and just see what happens in that first month. Because you're producing great content. Your images probably look awesome and you're putting it on the platform. What's not to love and, you know, people to love. Yeah. 100%. So don't take it necessarily too seriously. Obviously you need to pay attention to it. Yeah. That way, if you show it some love, it'll show you love. But again, like every platform, it went through some growing pains, but it could be time in 2023, especially if you are a blogger, especially in those niches that we have talked about, if you've got that written content and you are producing it consistently, I do think that's worth what, like maybe Mm -hmm. 20 minutes a week. Is it at that? Yeah. I mean, depending on how good you are with Canva templates and stuff, it could be even less. That is where people slow down. That's where I slow down. I get into Canva, even if I have templates and it's like, I just freeze. And I'm like, I don't know how to create these. So find your gaps where you get slowed down. And I want to say this as kind of like an encouragement before we dive into those other things is Pinterest is still a great traffic driver. Yes, it's less. I don't even want to think people, I am like pie in the sky and don't see what's going on. I get it. Every platform has this high on the hog, like traffic is huge. And then all of a sudden it's like depressed over time. That just naturally happens. But if we look at our clients' traffic and we look at the percentage of social traffic still driving people to your website, Pinterest is usually number one. It's not Instagram, but Instagram makes us feel good. Like it is the bar. We see people, we talk with them. People like us and give us hugs. It's so great. Pinterest Mm -hmm. is like quiet and consistent in the background. You don't always notice it, but it's really bringing you Mm -hmm. good stuff. So look at your data first and yeah, look at the data. Don't look at like I mean, we've had a pandemic and we've had a recession or we're in one who knows. There's a lot of things, but like, (laughs) right. Look at all the, just look at the percentage of traffic and make a good data driven decision instead of like a despair decision, because we see a lot of people saying that to us, like Pinterest isn't giving me what I want. Well, what does that mean? Like, does it mean it doesn't make you feel good? Okay. But if I look at your stats and 90% of your social traffic is Pinterest, you would want to say yeah. no to that? I wouldn't. Right. But you hear that with every platform. I know some people that are very serious on TikTok and they're like, it is not like it used to be in 2020 yeah. at all or in 2021. Um, they're talking just about the it's a spaghetti at the wall approach still over there because you never know what's gonna hook. 
Um, even things that sort of had virality before, they still just don't go as viral. So that's really good to know. And I think that Pinterest is one of those. Do you guys know that I like having a variety of like blitz strategies to like really get yourself out there. Like you're going to do a JV webinar or you're going to do a summit. Cause like we talked about Kristen Miller, we're going to do a free or paid bundle. That's what I talk about collaboration cash and like, but you're going to need those slow and steady things that are running in the background and Pinterest could really be that thing for you. Yeah. So before we head out, cause I know that I've chatted your ear off about so many things when it comes to Pinterest, because I'm like, Ooh, like, should this be something that I focus on more in 2023? I would love for you to share with us, and this can be either in your business or personal life. It's completely Mm. up to you. Sometime when you chose to do the brave thing, and again, this doesn't have to be huge. I think everything is like monumental. Like I decided to get divorced or quit my job. It doesn't have to be anything like that. It could be like, you know what? I did the brave thing and Mm. one of my staff members made a pin for us and it was bad. And instead of me sugarcoating it, I was direct with my feedback and that's how Mm -hmm. it works. So we would love to hear how you have been doing the brave thing. Yeah. Um, that, you know, interestingly enough, as we all have felt business is hard right now, like the economy is shifting and people's spending habits are shifting. And for me as an agency, I have a team and my team is so important to me. Like I will, you know, land train tracks for them. Like I just really, really love them. And we had to cut 70 hours of our staff time. And that meant cutting somebody and it was hard and it was, but it was, I, you know, you're faced with two choices. Like you can see this isn't going to end well if we keep going on the track that we're on or we make this cut. And honestly, like I was super transparent with my staff and said, and even crying in front of some of them, like, that's a crazy thing to do. You, you hear all these things like CEOs being like, really just, you know, you're strong and you're resilient. And it was oh, like, Johnson, no one cares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I just said, Hey, here's where we're at. Like, are people willing to volunteer to cut hours first? Like, I don't want to approach it saying like you cut, you cut. And the response was like, amazing. Like I, I do not cry a lot. I think I cried all day. And it's one of those things where you just know it's course correction. And I had a really great friend tell me like, the business has been on a trajectory for nine years of upward. If you look at other businesses, like that's not totally normal. You have ups and downs and all these things. And so just I would say like putting one foot in front of the other during that week felt brave because I wanted to curl up into a ball and sleep for hours and just cry. But I know that there's really great things and how we want to serve people with our business. And we do want to continue to provide what we provide, but that meant cutting back 70 hours a week. Like that's huge. And I know that like our, the income we provide helps people's families and all these other things. So that was probably, that was a big thing, but I, I think there's other business owners out there who probably can resonate with the fact that like cutbacks are hard, but they have to be done. Like, you know, they really are. And I can say everyone that I've ever dealt with at some pin, they love to be there too. And they love everyone else. Like they love their coworkers. So I can see how that was hard. And especially again, for if you and I don't know the two Kate's backstories, both of us started our businesses when we were on food stamps. Fun yeah. fact, we share a fun same name. So we get what it is like to have to support families and then be the major breadwinner all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh crap, what is Susie going to do? And I know that that can be some reason why people don't hire out or have VA or any of that sort of stuff, which is why I tell all you guys 
do the brave thing and just hire somebody off a of Fiverr for a one-off job. Maybe yes. it is going to be those Pinterest pins that you're going to be working mm-hmm. on. And you're working on that muscle of being able to delegate and explain what you want and being able to give feedback. All things that I feel like school never taught us how to do because they didn't want us to question anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like mm-hmm. No. Well, thank you so much for being open and honest and brave enough to share with us again about the cutbacks, about having to be the boss. Cause and for not just cutting your own salary, because well, I, I did feel that like too. that's probably <laughs> something you're like, I'm going to pay myself zero and my family will be fine. Yeah. Well, you know, and that brings up an interesting point. I didn't cut it completely, but I think there's an element that I have learned going through this of you want to bear the weight of all of it. And you know, one of the things that business exposes, right. Is your greatest failure or your greatest weaknesses and your greatest strengths all at the same time. Right. And so you get those exposed. And I think I'm such a, I hold so much because I don't want people to experience pain that it's like managing all those things. And you brought up the food stamps. It's like, you can go to this like doomsday thing. And, um, I think there's just a lot that I've taken away from this season. And somebody said like these, these hard times, those are what really make a business owner, right? Like those hard times when we were on food stamps and when we go through these deep things that creates that thing in us that goes, okay, we can do it. It's like climbing a mountain, right? You don't stop midway, but when you get to the top, you look back and you think I did that. Right. And, but I was, you know, I thought of your squats when you're like squats made you cry. It's like climbing, climbing that mountain, right? Like you probably Mm -hmm. cried and your feet hurt and there were blisters and there was all these things, but you did it. And you can look back on that. We're in the mid mountain. We've got blisters, but I know we'll do great. Mm-hmm. If you guys follow me on Instagram, you know, my hatred of squats. I hope they burn, burn in hell. They're the worst because I am not like, I am physically do not have the anatomy for them. Everything that is like, makes you bad at squatting long femur, short torso is the shallow hips. I got them all. So like I literally climbing up that mountain, but I would be damned if I was going to let them win. I yeah. would be damned. But again, it's one of those things. And again, when you are struggled with business or whether it is something like physical that you're doing, you would be surprised at how much other junk and feelings and thoughts. And that's why we're talking about this more on the show are tied up with that because my feeling of inadequacy, because my body was wrong because it couldn't do squats brought up a whole heap of other body issues and things about not being good enough and about being dumb and about not being able to like physically help something. So it's very interesting. These Mm. parallels, like I said, thank you so much for being able to share with us uh, a brave and really sort of intimate moment in your business. And I feel not enough people are talking about these things because I bet if you're willing to talk to more people would open up, I feel like a lot of people's Mm. 2022s, and I don't know this for a fact, but I feel like their revenue is down. I feel like everyone got really used to 2020 and even the 2021 boom, because everyone was home and what were they going to do? They're going to hang out with us. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the real riches everybody are actually made in these hard times. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've heard from more people too, in the last little bit saying like revenue is down, revenue is down. And there's, you know, you don't misery, misery loves company. Right. So we're glad Mm -hmm. we're not in this alone, but even as I participate with like a local group of business owners who are not online, 
same thing, right? Like they're, they're all experiencing these same struggles as we have this massive shift in business and as entrepreneurs, how we work through Mm -hmm. it and weather this storm. And that's why I think even going into 2023, whether it's Pinterest or what else, like we just don't know. And so the only grounding thing for you is to look at like, who am I serving? What does my data tell me about them and how can I serve them better? And that is, you got to like tunnel vision, the crap out of this year, because there's a lot of noise. It's going to tell you a lot of things and I haven't seen it yet, but I'm pretty sure there's going to be some coaches that are going to come along and be like, I know how to like recession proof your business and all these kinds of things. And I heard a great guy who taught about recession the other day. He was like, we don't know. That was his number one point. He's like, we don't know what's going to happen. And that's okay. Right. We're all just going to get through it together and no expert knows what's going to happen. So the Mm -hmm. more we have communally, I just think the better we can get through this. Mm -hmm. And the more that gives you a chance to be innovative and to, again, to try new things and to experiment and all of that. So we're going to have links to everything down in the show notes, but where can people hang out with you more? Where can they learn more about your agency, your podcast, all of that great stuff. Mm-hmm. How can we get more simple pen and Kate all in our lives? Oh, I love that. I would love to be more in their lives. Um, you're listening to a podcast. So go search simple pen podcast and subscribe. That's the number one way you can get to know me and my voice and what we teach. And then simplepinmedia.com. lots of resources, lots of tools. And we're usually hanging out on Instagram too, answering questions. And why I think that no offense to any other person that does Pinterest, but why I think that Kate is the person to follow is because she's not, she did not have success as a blogger in 2016 with Pinterest and is claiming to be Mm. a Pinterest thing. Her and her team are in the thick of it Mm. every single day, spending other people's money, building other people's businesses. So she's going to notice those trends. She's going to be able to like play around, see what's going on, what's working. It's not just like, oh, what's working in the online marketing space? Like, no, it's like, what's working here? What's working there? The latest and greatest. And then you don't have to pay attention too much because you just listen to Kate. It still comes out on Wednesdays, right? You just listen to Mm -hmm. Kate on Wednesdays and it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for that. I really appreciate that. Honestly, to make our life a lot easier, guys, it's also for 2023. Like why, why make things more complicated than they have to be? Listen to Kate, do what she says. There you go. Totally. Agreed. (laughs) Mic drop. Done. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much. We enjoyed you having so much on doing the brave thing and we'll talk to you later. Well, look at that action taker. You made it all the way to the end. Kudos to you. So if you want to keep this do the brave thing momentum going, because let's be real, sure, listening to a 25 to 30 minute podcast can definitely get you amped, but what are you going to do the rest of the week? Make sure you're following me over on Instagram, Kate underscore Doster. There's a link in the bio. And if you absolutely love this episode, it would be fantastic if you could leave us a rating and review or share a screenshot and tag us on your Instagram stories. I'll see you next week. Later days.